0: We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land on which we are recording today. We would also like to pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders who are listening today.
1: It all started 10 years ago in my kitchen. I asked my family, what about energy ratings? And after a short pause, it was yes, yes, and yes. Hi, my name's Jonathan Tavella, founder of Freighter Consulting Services, director of Sustainability Tech Partners, and co-host of this podcast, which we've aptly named Sustainer Bible. It's a series of episodes, which aims to equip you, the listener, with the knowledge I've gathered on my journey. We'll be speaking with industry leaders that have a pivotal role in the sustainability movement. It's all about joining the dots for you.
0: Joining the dots indeed. And as you've just heard, Jonathan has a wealth of experience under his belt when it comes to sustainability and the building industry. Me, not so much. Hi, I'm Neary Tai and I'll be the co host on this podcast. Jonathan, my friend, has roped me along and hopefully will learn a thing or two on this Sustainable Journey. So if you're like me and want to build a dream home one day that's more environmentally friendly, Hopefully, by the end of this series, you'll be more informed and equipped to do so.
1: This is Sustainable Bible. When it comes to building a home, it's safe to say Australian climate is quite unique. So why
0: is a design principle that was developed in a cold European climate being adopted down under? Originated in Germany, Passive House isn't just about good design, it's a performance-based certification. The unique building standard has been picked up throughout Europe and implemented in more diverse regions around the world, including here in Australia.
1: We spoke to the director of the Australian Passive House Association. Nick Takasanakis to explain the benefits of certified passive house building.
0: So you're the Director and Treasurer of the Australian Passive House Association. Yes. Thanks for your time, Nick. Tell us a little bit about the association.
2: Yeah, so we're a, a member-based association. Our vision is that all Australians can live and work in a healthy, comfortable, low-energy and resilient building. Um and passive house is a is a key lever to help uh i think Australia get to net zero and um yeah that's what we're that's what we're here for
0: for those who don't know what is a passive house and where did this term originate from
2: it started in i believe in germany late 70s early 80s actually with the foundations of passive house and the principles behind it essentially a passive home is a very low energy building the terminology passive house is actually translation from the German word for building, which is house, H-A-U-S. Mm. So it doesn't necessarily mean just residential. It yeah. also includes commercial buildings, education and whatnot, and, and any sort of facility. Um, I think there's even an aquatic centre in the UK, which is uh, designed to passive house. Oh, okay. cool. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and look, essentially, it, it, passive house buildings are uh, an order of magnitude um, less energy intense than current current best practice buildings. They're um, very low energy, very healthy uh, buildings to occupy and that relies upon the five key principles of a passive house design.
0: Take us through the principles.
2: So the principles are air tightness and with that comes the second principle of uh, mechanical uh, ventilation with heat recovery. So essentially rather than creating a, a perfectly sealed box to stop sort of heat loss and whatnot, you're actually providing a um, Full fresh air into the space, but you're um, reclaiming that energy from the space to pre treat the air that's coming in. So you're not bringing in eight degree air when it's eight degrees outside, you're pre treating that with the air that you're exhausting from the space. What that means is that a lot of fresh air, low CO2 buildup in the space, uh, very good from a sort of a COVID perspective as well. Mm-hmm, uh, yep. HEPA filtration as well on the air um, and not recirculating that air back in space. Another principle of passive house design is thermal insulation, so using uh, a lot of insulation, walls and roofs and, and also slab. And with that, there's a thermal bridge-free construction, meaning that um, passive house is built in such a way that you're not losing heat to the ground via the slab and, and whatnot. And the last principle there is is high-performing windows, double-glazed or or better windows, and and not double-glazed windows, inside aluminium frames that allow for that thermal bridging and that um, heat loss through the window. Mm, Yeah windows that are thermally broken so that they're um, isolating the inside of the window and the, and the space internally in the comfort conditions versus the outside. So essentially very, very low heat loss buildings. They're not losing heat and they're not gaining a lot of heat when you don't want it as well. So they work in hot and cold climates.
0: And how does someone go about getting, you know, Passive House certification?
2: Yeah. So prior to getting Passive House certification, you have to have your building designed to Passive House. I suppose one of the key differences is Passive House is that it's not just a design standard, a design principle, but it's it's also a performance-based approach. Yeah. So once the building's actually built and partway through, there is actually inspections and tests that are done to ensure that it is as airtight as it's as it's meant to be and performs as well as it should. Whereas there are standards out there, things like the current Master Construction Code, which uh, aren't necessarily performance based; they're just design based. So meeting certain criteria in terms of being able to get certified, I think it starts with engaging with the right professional who is the certified designer, and they can help guide you through the process of what's what's in entailed in doing a, a, a designing a passive house.
0: I guess with a passive house, it, it sounds like it's quite a unique way of, of building a home, isn't it? Like it's not just a normal building practice. Like it's a, would you say it's very green type of...
2: Yeah, it is. And I, I suppose it's not just the sense that the materials are, are better quality and inverted commas green. In, in order to build a passive house certified building, it relies upon uh, expertise in construction as well. So AFA, for example, the Passive House Association, we run Um, training courses in um, for designers as well as for tradespeople. So key, not only selecting a designer who can design a passive house, but then selecting the appropriate builder and tradespeople to work on building and constructing a passive house.
1: Are there consultants supporting the architect that also need to be registered with the association?
2: Architects would would be to have the certification to be able to design and build a a certified building. And, And there are Approaches to non certified buildings, but we'll talk to certified. Uh, I think it's important to have a consulting team beyond just the architect, but depending on the complexity of the building, residential a little less so, but if it's a larger commercial building or another facility, having that consulting team at least have a good appreciation of the system.
1: Mm -hmm. Let's step through the journey. I've made a commitment that I want to end or build and end up with a certified passive house. I've engaged an architect that's part of the association. They've come up with a design. I'm happy with it. They've put it out to their consultant team that not only has supported them with the documentation to get a building permit, but is there anything over and above a building permit that Passive House Australia need for the future certification of that house?
2: There is. Because it is a performance-based set of principles as well, there is tests and inspections that are done throughout the build, and, and this is where a separate certifier would be engaged. So you may you'll have the design, you'll have the designer, the architect, yep. and they, let's say the architect and their team, but then you'll have a certified passive house. Well, you have a passive house certifier, and there are a number of them in Australia who would then perform those inspections and reviews um, throughout, um, and that includes things like. Um, the ceiling of the building and vapour barriers, the uh, insulation through construction. Once the building's sealed, they do what's called a blower door test to see what the actual leakage rate of the building is, that it is sufficiently low to be, um, to meet the passive house requirements. So, yeah, they're they're involved through that process as well.
1: When do they, as an owner, when would I need to have them engaged? Is it before the design process, at the end of the design process, before the construction process, so that they can do those tests?
2: I'd probably argue that, and it's like anything in in consulting, the earlier the engagement the better because it's easier to, to nudge things in the right direction when it's still on a piece of paper instead of plans. Um, it's always harder when, when the walls are up and equipment's in. So, um, <laughs> Too late. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. And so I think early engagement is, is great. And it might be quite a, a low level of engagement early, but it might be review of the design and yep. and getting things prepared. Um, and then that engagement will, will be throughout that process and at the tail end. So it's almost like that measurement and verification at the end of the project.
1: And if I wanted to do my own homework and find these people, where would I go to find a certifier?
2: I'd say coming to us, so that would be something that you can do.
1: So you guys have a, pa- a panel of certifiers?
2: Not a panel, but we, we can connect people up with, with the range of certifiers. Okay. That's an area that we're looking to um, further as well and being able to buy that. Our member database is
0: there as well has, has those um. Relevant people. I guess it's about having a collection of reputable, you know.
1: A reputable team. Yeah. 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 Helps go a long way. The house is being built. It's getting the certifiers doing the appropriate tests along the way. I'm assuming an occupancy permit gets issued, what's the process thereafter to get a certification?
2: Yeah, once it reaches, yeah, it, its hits the requirements in terms of uh, you know leakage rates and whatnot. Assuming it uh, meets those sort of standards and requirements as part of the passive house certification, then it can it can be um, it can be certified, and that's actually done by the um the governing body in Germany. Oh wow. The, um, uh, International Passage House Association, yeah. So they um, issue essentially after it's a plaque and, and oh, the, you know, plaque. the paperwork
1: there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I want that plaque. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, that was actually my next question. How, how many houses in Australia have that plaque? Do, do you guys Roughly. know? Oh,
2: look, it's probably in the 50 mark at the moment. Oh, maybe oh my goodness.
0: More. Is that it? Yeah. I thought there'd be more. Are there any sort of iconic sort of buildings in Australia that are sort of – There
2: are. The Monash University have done um, a number of Passive House buildings, one of them being Gillies Hall, which is a um, student residence, I believe, down at the um, Peninsula campus
0: ah, in um, Victoria. Yep.
2: And they've also got the Woodside um, e- Engineering Building at the Monash campus, which is – I think it's one of the largest Passive House buildings in the Southern Hemisphere.
1: Fancy. Go Monash. So what annual events does the association put on for its members, for people are potentially looking to join the association? What do you guys do?
2: Yeah, so we have a number of events. Every second year we run a, uh, a conference it has a sort of supplier sort of trade trade sections, got a number of speakers, global speakers. It's, so that's really probably the key event. Throughout each year we have everything from – Introductions to Passive House. Uh, we've got our certified training, both designer and tradesperson. Various virtual events, whether it be on windows or insulation or interesting projects. Yeah, so there's a number number of events for our for our members. So, uh, jumping on the website, there's a whole list of our uh, our events that are that are run.
0: All right, Nick. Well, thanks very much for your time. What key takeaway points for our listeners um, from our conversation today? What what would they be? Any advice or tips yeah. to those who sort of want to go down this path?
2: Look, I, I think it's important to consider that with Passive House, it's not just about really low um, energy consumption, but they're really healthy buildings. And if you're going to be spending a large portion of your time in in a space, particularly with the remote work environment post-COVID, or if you're building a property, I think it's, it's worth considering spending that, and it is an uplifting cost, but an additional, uh, spend that uplift to build passive house because you're basically getting the best, yeah. uh, top quality, um, it is premium, it's healthy to be in these buildings, um, super low energy use. 70 to 90% lower than a standard building. Oh, wow. They're very, very energy efficient. The second thing is if you're unsure, I'd say reach out to the association. We can you know, help help you put you in contact with the right people, whether it be architects or members. Um, or if you just want to know more about Passive House, jump on board.
0: Thanks for listening to Sustain a Bible. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Click on the links for more information on the topics we've discussed today.